0: Good morning! Welcome back to another episode of Love and Ambition with Tink and Savage. My name is Tink.
1: My name is Savage. No,
0: wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on a second. You're Tink. (laughs) Hey, Tink. Hi. (laughs) What are we going to be talking about today? Everything. Oh, everything. Wow, wonderful. I'll just put a pin and tail on the donkey um, today we're going to be talking about emotional infidelity. Oof, that's that's a deep topic. I hope you guys are open and ready, willing to be honest with yourselves. And if so, then welcome to the club. All right, and go ahead with today's quote, Tank.
1: Today's quote says Emotional infidelity is characterized by non-sexual intimacy with someone other than your partner in such a way that violates their trust and expectations and boundaries. Wow. End quote.
0: (laughs) Okay, one more time.
1: Emotional infidelity... Is characterized by non-sexual intimacy with someone other than your partner in such a way that violates their trust, expectations, and boundaries.
0: Mm. That's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. It's really not a laughable matter at all, actually. I wonder who... Out there has experienced or even part potentially participated in emotional infidelity. Have you ever yes, what's that been like
1: instant wedge
0: instant wedge between
1: so <clears throat> instant wedge between the connection instant wedge in the intimacy
0: between you and your chosen partner yes okay I just want to clarify
1: yeah it's a dangerous one it's the seed that grows the fruit of all the bad things
0: (laughs) the birds and the bees (laughs)
1: all the bad things
0: so what is your experience with that been like in past relationships we'll get to ours
1: oof where do I start like it's it it was death blow actually death blow it's been a death blow for me on the receiving end
0: have you been on the giving end ever
1: yeah where I was aware of what was happening, unconscious of what the emotional infidelity term actually was. Mm-hmm. And then even even after I was aware. In past relationships, I didn't have an open intimacy or a safe space to communicate with my partner. Which caused me to feel like I needed to f- seek a help out outside the relationship, you know, hmm. and I didn't choose the right people to talk to. I didn't hmm. choose mature, older, wiser counsel, I chose peers and people who would feed me the emotional validation that I was looking for. Hmm. Danger, danger, danger very big danger. So
0: emotional infidelity. Imagine it's like a dragon. Okay, combating the dragon or slaying the dragon involves cooperation, communication, willingness to be open and vulnerable with your chosen partner about what you're experiencing in your daily life and you just didn't feel like you had that safe space with your your chosen partners in in some of your past relationships
1: Oh, it wasn't just a feeling. <laughs> it was So you knew
0: that that what just wasn't really an established
1: safe space? Well, if I were to bring up certain um, things that I was experiencing, they were denied or ignored. Mm. And so there was no um, intention on resolving situations and or awareness on their part to even care. Mm. Denial, you know? Mm. Also, in their defense, my emotional maturity back then wasn't as solid and I wasn't as confident or secure enough to bring up certain things directly. Now
0: you seem incredibly confident and secure in bringing things up directly, yeah?
1: I don't know. How do you feel about that? What do you think?
0: I, I think that... It's really important to establish that safe space and set the precedent with your chosen partner, which in this case, you are my chosen partner. (laughs) I think we've done a pretty good job at setting the stage for a relationship that's like built on the foundation of open trust and communication. So when there is an issue, you know... We, I think we tend to address it pretty quickly on both ends of the spectrum, you know?
1: I know, I've committed to myself to bringing things up right away with you.
0: Yeah, I committed to that pretty early on as well. You kind of, you basically just... I actually give you the credit for that. Setting that precedent. Because in the first couple weeks of our relationship, you just borderline demanded that that's how we were going to do things (laughs) in a really nice, like, emotionally intelligent way. But like, you basically like, you know, you were defending, it's like you're, you know, you talk about defending our, the relationship, you know, like there, there can be internal forces that arise and there can be external forces that arise that could possibly jeopardize like the emotional and sacred. We talked about it being sacred energy of our connection. And I just remember, like, as early as, like, the first week that I actually asked you to be my partner, like, you being, like, I think that was around the time that you asked me what, if I knew what emotional fidelity was, do you remember what my response was? I know we were driving mm-hmm. westbound <laughs> on Bag, just we just passed central
1: dang that's detail (laughs) i mean i didn't realize you were that aware of the moment goodness good job (laughs) um yeah kudos to you for that that was a very important moment for me because that was a very good gauge i was taking the temperature of where we were with all that And, um, I don't remember exactly what your response was other than you acknowledged that you knew what it was and I asked you how you felt about it and where your like boundaries were around it. Hmm. Do you remember what you said?
0: (sighs) Do I recall? closing my eyes, taking myself back to that moment. I remember saying something along the lines of um, emotional infidelity is, you know, like when one opens themselves up to and exposes like their no, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm just fabricating an answer right now. I don't remember what I said, but I do remember I do remember have our connection getting stronger in that moment. I do remember that.
1: I also remember that.
0: Um so yeah, I mean for anybody who's not fully familiar with emotional infidelity, um what could we do to kind of like what maybe would be a good question or kind of next step step in the conversation to to shed a little bit more light on it? I will say I think it could can produce a sickness of the spirit like if if like in the program that I work, you know one of the things that we say is you're only as sick as your secrets. And emotional infidelity is like a breeding ground for like almost it could be like a secret, like, it's like an emotional affair. And that 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 actually like, I think can can create. That can create the wedge, you know, like the sickness of like, it's almost like a parasite or like a, like a leech, on like the. Intimacy of.
1: I would the prefer relationship. to say leak.
0: A leak. Okay. Mm. It Tell changes, me more.
1: changes the pressure. Hmm of the energy. And now there's energy flowing in a different direction away from your partner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Heart energy, sacred intimate sharing energy. And now there's um, another person taking up space in your mind and heart about the important things As you start to ask yourself questions about, I wonder what they would say about this. And then you've created competition (laughs) that I I would potentially not be aware of or you would potentially not be aware of, you know what I mean? So, then there's like, in the past when this has been a situation, there's this like, Oh, I actually wanted to ask you why would you equate emotional infidelity to secrets? Hmm. And would that be a good or bad thing? Or neutral?
0: So, okay, emotional infidelity if 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 one is conscious of like <laughs> making a decision to essentially like redirect emotional and sacred and intimate energy towards someone other than their their chosen partner in a monogamous relationship, like to do that in your right mind would, I think, produce some sort of like shame or like desire to like if this person has any sort of like compassion or self-awareness about like the way that their actions affect other people, then I think there would be like, you know, a desire to like hide the the. the shame or the behavior, right? Like it's the same thing that I experience as an addict. When I'm using, and love is most certainly a drug, you know, when I'm using, like, the last thing that I want the world to know is that, like, I'm I'm using, you know, like, and that even goes for, like, my partners, sometimes, like, sometimes I would, like, you know, take drugs in really small doses, and just not even tell, like, my partner, because it didn't, I didn't feel like it. It's like I was doing this, like, I was just trying to manage. I was trying to get my fix. I was just trying to, like, function, you know. So I think secrets kind of tie to emotional infidelity because, like, if there's not an open line of communication, if there's not a safe space, if there's not, like, actually proactive, like, reconstructive surgery to where, like... (laughs) any emotional attachment could be removed from, like, the heartstrings of the partnership and, like, redirected towards strengthening the heart connection of the monogamous relationship. Like, if that doesn't happen and, like, the initial spark of emotional infidelity is kept a secret, even from the own individual, like, just to give an example, in my, in my case, this conversation was prompted by you know, an incident or two that could potentially be considered emotional infidelity that I participated in or the seed of, of you know, of emotional infidelity. So... Secrets are typically kept from someone, right? Like, for something to be a secret, like, someone has to know and, like, someone else... Has to not. Maybe? Sounds about right. Okay. Okay. So. What if. What if. This is a great opportunity to introduce that new word plausible deniability as well. So. I wasn't. Can I just give the situation the bound border board the general I'll give you the general outline of the situation whatever so there's some you're, context whatever you're comfortable with I mean all right, so imagine this for the listener you're in a you're in a relationship with someone that you love and someone that you think is super hot, okay. And you're going out into a social setting for the night away from your partner and you happen to reconnect with someone of the opposite sex that is really excited and and enthused about running into you. So you get a little hit of dopamine and excitement. Wow, this person is excited to see me. This is great. You know, you're vibing in the social setting or whatever. And there's this spark of validation and excitement that like I'm being seen, I'm being heard, I'm being valued. What do you think about up to that point? It all depends on the context, right? Like in that moment, that could ju- that could be super innocent and just excited or or and um you know, just a natural response to seeing someone that is excited to see you, right? Like it's all about intention and conscious awareness. Like if I walked into that situation <clears throat> consciously defending myself against any sort of emotional infidelity on my part or having a boundary against anyone else possibly projecting that onto me and trying to leech my energy, then the situation may turn out, I think, look, I'm just gonna stop all the hypothetical with the situation. I'll say, I think I'm realizing that as a partner, like if you're choosing to be in a monogamous relationship You have a responsibility to actively guard. Or maybe guard's the wrong word. I'd say open. What? Help me out here. Guarding
1: my heart is the best way I could put it if I were to give you my input. But you're right. What's your
0: perspective on it? I think it's in the best interest. (laughs) I ask you a question as I continue to talk.
1: (laughs) Okay, keep talking.
0: (laughs) I think it's actually... So you mentioned delayed gratification, right? Like, I'm a love addict. I know that. Like, I've been searching for love and validation my whole life. And I can find it pretty easily. Like, quick hits of it. Same way, like, I can find you know, quick hits of dopamine on Instagram by scrolling and like, you know, when someone likes or follows me, like I get a quick hit. That's why I remove my Instagram. It's messing with my dopamine. And I'm retraining myself to experience delayed gratification. So conscious boundaries and, and intentionally protecting sacred intimacy between us is a form of delayed gratification. Sure, there are many moments of intense passion and extreme abundant love that we feel for each other and there are also moments that aren't as intense, intensely and passionately charged. <laughs> And those peaks and trophs come and go. And at the peak, it's really easy to stay present and focused and engaged and right here, right now, you know, with your partner. But when things kind of settle down, and maybe in my, in my experience with drugs, like getting off of drugs, when things get boring, <laughs> I'm not saying our relationship is boring, but when, when the water's when the water settles when the ripples settle and things are calm because i'm learning that like it's things are not actually boring they're just actually peaceful (laughs) um that's usually i think like the precursor if if it's if there's not a conscious intention to guard and protect the intimacy the calm waters can be a precursor for like relapse or or you know I'm going to go get this hit of validation and emotional, you know, support and connection from someone else. And it ha- it can happen as quick as that. And it can happen even if you just are going to the coffee shop for yourself or whatever, and you have no intention of like, you know, going out to meet someone or whatever, like you could be standing in line like at the coffee shop with someone that you've never even met and just strike up this connection and conversation. And if you allow that energy into your space and and your part, your negotiated partnership and expectation with your partner is in direct conflict with what you're experiencing in that moment then there's a conversation that needs to be had. Like Hannah had Hannah had just said in that moment that you're experiencing that connection with a stranger or with another person think about what would how would my partner feel about this or how would I feel if my partner was doing this with another person right now?
1: an easy self check because you don't have to have all the answers you just have to have the right questions
0: throw a couple good ones out there would you think good questions? yeah for people to think about
1: so why are we even talking about the importance of emotional infidelity like why do you think this is even the subject of our podcast today like what is at stake
0: here are you you're asking me yeah. okay i thought this was, was, was rhetorical the for the no, listener okay that's a actually. great question that's a great question um sacred heart connection is at stake the health of my spirit My emotional sobriety is at stake what do you feel is at stake why are we talking about this
1: all of the above I, I love how bright our energy is and our connection I love how vibrant and alive it is I love how I feel safe to come to you with all the things and talk to you about the scariest things in my mind and heart. Would you like me to take it somewhere else?
0: No, I would prefer not. If you were to go and talk with another guy, like, intimately about these things, other than, like, a therapist...
1: (laughs) Or my dad. Although
0: real talk, like emotional infidelity could be experienced in like a therapist's office if the therapist is not does not have their own boundaries. You know what I mean? Like therapy I think is meant to be like a safe space for processing like emotions and experiences in a non judgmental environment with someone who's professionally trained to like hold that space and keep that boundary right and I would be comfortable with you doing that with like a male therapist as long as there was like I don't know if if you felt like that would serve you you know I personally prefer female therapists but that's probably just because I've had like two really bad like not it didn't feel like they were very emotionally intelligent therapists, but they were also psychiatrists. So like this is total, total, yeah, um Rabbit hole energy. But.
1: <clears throat> so imagine this, if there were a little room in my heart in the inner chamber and there was like this nice comfy couch in there. And there was like a space where you have conversations about like the inner inner stuff. Who do you want me to invite into that room? Me. Who else? Just me. Why?
0: <laughs> because. I want to be special.
1: <laughs> I think you just nailed it, babe. I hold you in super high regard you are my number one in human form when it comes to emotional intimacy and it's different with my kids it's different with my parents you know i'm not talking about those relationships that are actually emotionally intimate in a different way you know i'm talking about like horizontally in my life you are the one that I'm investing in I'm investing my mind and heart and spirit into to grow this beautiful relationship that we have and to develop and nurture my own my own experience and to become a better version of me for you and to grow with you and to learn about you and to learn about myself and it's sacred to me it's private it's guarded, it's protected. It's it's inside of a castle with a moat with alligators and dragons flying around in the sky protecting the castle. You know, it's important to me that you know that you are different than everybody else in my life because that's what makes our relationship sacred. That's what makes us special. And if I have a problem or a question or a situation I'm going to come straight to you first. And I'm going to say, hey, here's my vulnerable heart. I'm feeling this. I'm scared about this. I I have a question about this. And I want you to know that, like, it's you. It's not. It's not people outside. It's not a third person. It's not another guy. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, talking to your friends to process your own emotions and help help you understand certain things is one thing but like choosing to go feed emotionally from somebody else is not something i i do i stopped doing that when we committed to each other there were certain things that you asked me to stop doing and i did because it wasn't healthy for us emotionally You know? Because I was open with you about other dynamics from before us, you know? And I respect and honor you and I I desire for us to be the ones painting on the canvas instead of giving the paintbrush to somebody else and like fucking up the whole thing. Even though they might not have meant to. They just don't have the same vision for the art. (laughs)
0: thanks i feel really special
1: you are i love you
0: (laughs) i can't wait to listen back to everything you just said so i can be like even more present (laughs) i think you just definitely spoke some very quotable moments on that note it's actually eight o'clock and you have Nowhere to be? No? Oh. Okay, well, I am really blessed um, and honored to be in a relationship that is grounded in open communication, that is grounded in sacred heart connection and vulnerable expression. I really hope and pray that you guys have a chance to experience that, that you allow yourself enough time and space and intentional dedication to delayed gratification. Uh, I, I pray that you take responsibility for your role and the influence that you have in your life and the lives of other people. And Pray that we continue to remain open with each other and at least curious and willing to talk. You know, this whole conversation came about because you had an intuition and you felt something was off. So you came to me and honestly, babe, like most of the intuitive receptivity that you experience goes, like, way over my head. <laughs> like, you just have a a really, really finely attuned, like, skill. And your intuition is like a superpower of yours. And I am learning to develop that but part of being in a partnership is having you know bringing our strengths together you know that's one of the cool things about being on a team is that everybody is here to champion the strengths of of one another and when we come together we form you know a stronger even even you know bigger and better whole and i I think you rate much higher on the intuitively like intuitive scale than I do. You're probably in the ninety ninth percentile of intuitive <laughs> humans <laughs> i'm I maybe like in like the seventy fifth percentile I think I'm still pretty like up there, you know.
1: I would agree. You're
0: very intuitive. (laughs) You want to know what's interesting, though, just to put into perspective, like when we listen to that other podcast, the Jordan Peterson podcast, I highly recommend listening to Jordan Peterson's podcast. Just look up Jordan Peterson on any podcast platform. So he gives an example, like if if you rate in the 99th percentile, because he's speaking with his wife, you know, there are all these corresponding character traits and they've both taken a personality test each partner, and they've paired their personality test through the online platform and It gives them comparing and contrasting like corresponding traits in their specific percentile of what they rate amongst the other hundreds of thousands of people that have like taken the tests so in agreeability, for example, or we'll just use intuitiveness, so like let's say that you you rate in the ninety ninth percentile of intuitiveness, even if I rated in the ninety eighth percentile, it seems really close, right, okay, but that means one in a hundred you're in the top one in 100% and I'm only in the top one of 50. Like if you cut, you know what I'm saying? So there are still 50 like people and depending on how large the sample group is, it's like 1% seems really close, but the larger the sample size you create, like the farther the distribution becomes in the actual like likeness of the trait. So, what?
1: Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> Psychological tests and measures. Ooh.
0: It's so interesting. It's so interesting. It's how
1: my brain works nonstop. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm always measuring. Like, I can't turn it off. How do you turn it off? You
0: shouldn't. I think it's hot. <laughs> I don't want
1: to turn it off. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't turn it off. Turn it on. Turn me on. That. I love that stuff and I really really think you're going to like this podcast because he has a much more eloquent and and um direct and descriptive way of describing the personality test and the percentiles and the relationship between the character traits he's the one that created the test in this specific format so he's a, he's a genius he's a borderline genius and it's really beneficial like you said that if you're ha- if we're having issues in our relationship for example or it doesn't even have even to be questions. issues questions you know seek counsel from mentors from people who have proven success proven success you know don't seek attention don't don't seek confirmation bias from people that are experiencing the same problems as you seek counsel and guidance from people who are matured in whatever discipline or area of interest or question that is at hand.
1: It's like you get hired at a new job and you're being trained by the new hire. What? it's you know
0: so i think jordan jordan peterson and his wife are like an amazing amazing resource for developing um long lasting intimacy and successful like sustained partnership they don't particularly go out like and speak on it extensively, but, like, as you start to pay attention to their life and the way that they communicate, uh, like, for themselves and then the way that they also, you know, communicate with each other, it's just, it's very apparent to me that they're they're highly, like, developed and,
1: and matured. So what do you... My next question, I can't wait to listen to the podcast, by the way. My next question, to maybe bring it full circle, would be, you know, we talked about what's at stake. What, what do you think would be a good safeguard or safety net or safe something that you put in place to activate if we're human and we find ourselves in a situation where we might have planted seeds or allowed seeds to be planted Um, that would eventually grow into emotional infidelity and or even actual infidelity
0: so you're asking what is the safeguard or bringing it full circle back to the quote that you read initially. What is the expectation that we're in in the?
1: No, like maybe what would what would you recommend to activate and or say? Oh, well, that could be a danger zone. That conversation, that inter interaction. That environment, that um, dynamic, like, oh crap, I'm human, I might have found myself engaging into a danger zone, like, what do you think would be a good safeguard that you could, or I could, or anybody could implement in saying, well, the seed was planted, what do we do now?
0: So, like, next steps.
1: Yeah. Like, how do you take it back?
0: <clears throat> well...
1: And or move forward healthily.
0: So that's a great question. Um,
1: First of all, awareness.
0: <laughs> well, so self awareness. But then you, we also have to ask, like, like when we're making amends to our own behavior. Right? Like returning to a past relationship, even if this was just like yesterday, like in my case, returning to a past relationship to reconcile our behavior and our part in the behavior in the equation, we have to ask ourselves, is this going to, how is this going to affect me? And, like, them? And, like, is this going to potentially cause more harm? Like, could this potentially cause more harm? Or exposure? Or, like, or is this, is there a way to go about this um, that will respectfully, like, communicate and actually set an example for for what real emotional intimacy is and what someone would be willing to do to protect it right like because i would like to think that um you know making amends and reconciling my my behavior my participation in in the seed of emotional infidelity could be a way of like solving it or like I guess chop you know like chopping the tree at its roots or whatever but like if I'm not careful that actually could also lead to further development of the emotional infidelity weirdly enough
1: reinforcement
0: right exactly like coming back for another hit like hey look at me like this is me protecting my relationship like you know do you see what I'm doing here like that's attractive isn't it like you know what I mean like so I don't know I'll have to like seek counsel and guidance from someone that I let
1: me ask you this question what do you
0: think and yeah well, what's
1: let's make it really simple. We just talked about how a potential seed was planted, right? What happens if you don't water a seed?
0: It dies.
1: How easy is that
0: yeah that 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 could be. An option.
1: Like, now that I'm more self-aware, you're more self-aware, we've just reached a deeper level of intimacy and sacredness, and you're special to me, and I'm special to you, and there's nobody else in that special room in my heart. Nobody else is invited. Like, now that we know exactly what the sign on the door says, next time someone comes knocking you know exactly how to handle it so but what if maybe not exactly but we have a better way to guard and or defend that sacred space that sacred intimacy
0: so is could that potentially just be like allowing the experience and the behavior to be like so, I, I believe in the collective unconscious, right? That we're all somehow, like... We're all our own, each individual, universal mind centers. But we're all, like, plugged into, like... Each other's, like... We're all plugged into the matrix, basically. Mm-hmm. And the matrix is, like, the universal consciousness. So, we're all, like, connected in our own way. But we're all individual as well. So, would not... Addressing this experience and setting a precedent for, like, the next time I see this person. I'm bound to see this person again.
1: What about this?
0: Hold on. Oh, sorry. Would not doing that be akin to, like... Dismissing and subordinating this shadow, like, let's call the emotional infidelity a shadow. Because it was like until it was until it's brought into the light, right? Like it can be a could be a shadow, subordinating it into the unconscious, back into the unconscious, because unconscious behavior will dictate our lives. And since we're both plugged into the matrix, you know, like, if half of the person that was involved in that equation is still unconscious, like, you know, her behavior may still be dictated by the same, like, unconscious behavior. If I don't, like, rise to the occasion, enter that space, communicate the boundary in a respectful way, and and don't allow that to be an advancement of the emotional infidelity.
1: That's one way. Um, what would it have all been possible in your experience yesterday to be an observer of the conversation rather than a participant? And I mean, what if that same conversation is presented to you would you have to engage the same exact way as you did yesterday? Or would there be an opportunity for you to be neutral and maybe just hold space without relating? Mm. And not engaging your own personal dopamine into it and starving that validation that you're seeking that causes the breakdown of trust and emotional infidelity or the fidelity and the, the sacredness. You know, like, I think it's super important for us to remain open and supportive to other people. Um, and no way should, in my opinion, should going into a relationship cause you to cut yourself off from the world and or humans and or being your amazing, supportive, incredibly awesome, powerful leader self to offer your... You're that's what makes you you is your amazingness and your ability to encourage people and to um hold space for people when they really need you in a vulnerable state um but you don't you're not required to ask them to do the same thing for you at the same time it's not necessarily a bilateral exchange it can just be you observing somebody needs to talk about something and holding a neutral position or choose to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? But just know that the equation has results. So how do you feel about that? What do you think about being observer rather than participant?
0: I think that's another great um, suggestion in practice to be an observer is to um, in a sense, actually, kind of be more like, more like God. Just like accepting and not non-jud- non judgmental, and very like. You know, safe, for. Like. That person to process and experience their what they're experiencing without. You know any sort of external influence, you know um, yeah, so that's that's a great suggestion.
1: Do you feel like you um fed your shadow last night, or did you starve your shadow last night?
0: Did I feed my shadow or did I starve my shadow? That's such a broad question. Um,
1: In this context. You mentioned that the...
0: I think my vampire like definitely came out a little bit. That's an easier way for me to think about it. What does that mean? That means I let my shadow, my unconscious behavior, like dictate part of my experience. So I don't think that's me feeding my shadow though. I, I don't, I, I I just, I see what you're getting at, but that analogy doesn't resonate with me. I, I allowed my, the vampire within me to like kind of, pull some of the strings like behind the curtain you know what I mean like
1: why isn't that okay why isn't or is it
0: um so there's a time and a place that I think it's okay and that time and place and space is during sublimation so during the process of channeling and expressing aspects of the shadow like emotional infidelity or drug addiction or sex, rock and roll, like all that. I think it's safe and like totally kosher to experience those things in like art form or in like therapeutic settings like that are meant for processing and healing. You know what I mean? Like that's why I I think it's like, it's really important that I'm still able to um express like the the thing like my struggle with with drugs and alcohol through music because it gives me like an outlet even porn like i i i mention in like two or three of my songs like my struggle with porn addiction and overcoming that you know what i mean And, like, putting that out there into the world and, like, shining a light on that shadow through, like, the track, like, is part of what helps me stay sober. You know what I mean? So, like, for example, I want money, booty, power, cocaine, dreams, everybody wants flour. I want sugar, uppers and downers, LSD, group parties in the shower. But hold up. I'm a serial monogamist you know what i mean like moderation so that's a line from moderation a song that we're working on for vampire citizen you know which juju and i have agreed that the band needs to be a vessel for like addressing and expressing the the shadow really and it's it's it can be a little bit like edgy and confusing at times for me because it's important that the words that come out of my mouth are like justified and in alignment with who I am and what I believe. Um, but as an artist, it's a really interesting place to be because there are so many different parts of me that have existed at so many different spaces and places on this like, time-space continuum, you know? And giving each of those various... Developments of myself a safe space to live and breathe is extremely important, but it's also a hard thing to do when those parts of me directly conflict with where I'm at emotionally and physically and spiritually and mentally now, here and now which is why I just have to be really clear about my intention and why I'm saying what I'm saying. And then like as a good songwriter or a good artist or a good speaker or whatever medium somebody's using, like you'll find a way to tie it full circle so that like the message is still digestible to the general public. And you're not just like a delusional, like psychotic genius in your own <laughs> mind, you know, like you have to like, find a way to make things relatable and, like, purposeful, you know? So that's what I'm trying to do with moderation, just as an example. So I my vampire came out to play. I I didn't really realize it because that's just the nature of shadows. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why I love Young. Young is, has such an artistic and poetic way of expressing the shadow. Your Your shadow's... Your unconscious behavior will control and dictate your life until you choose to bring it into the light. So that's that's what we're doing. Choosing to bring it into the light. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but thank you for, thank you for listening.
1: I just wanted to really highlight the role that we choose in these experiences, because. Um, Every time we get in the car, we can choose to speed and get a ticket. Every time we get angry, we can choose to, like, express it in an unhealthy way. Um, You know, people have urges, and they can follow their urges and fall down the hole of addiction again. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways. The spoon doesn't make somebody overweight. The, The gun doesn't kill somebody. It's the person holding the spoon and the person holding the gun that causes the damage. And so, like, the opportunities and the experiences and interactions with people are always just opportunities. And we have the ability to choose the role in which we play in them. And to be honest with you, just in the last two years or so in the world in general, I've chosen to be neutral about pretty much almost everything because it's just too much to, like, have a position or opinion about everything. And... Um, ultimately I'm so so grateful that we can even sit here for 56 minutes having this conversation about something that's so delicate and so close to the heart and so vulnerable and if I didn't care I wouldn't ask and I really do care I love you and I want us to be solid and safe and i want you to be that special person that there's no competition for so you can know how important you are to me and i have a a sacred space in my heart for you and i'm not going to invite other people into your house or into that sacred room in my heart
0: except for god
1: well god that's different yeah <laughs> god's there already
0: <laughs> god bought the couch and furnished the place he, he made the house he yeah. made the room <laughs> yeah i'm super grateful to uh definitely uh very blessed to be in uh space of emotional intelligence and maturity um to have these types of conversations and i'll say um for anyone listening you know if you if you're interested in having more conversations like this i would say um definitely seek out like mentors and people that maybe um have a little bit more time under their belt um specifically of the same sex I've found that to be incredibly um helpful at least in my own personal experience uh, to be able to lean on and call I call these guys I mean almost every day you know I've gotten over the idea that I'm I am not a burden you are not a burden I am actually a benefit and a I provide value through offering my experience and my hope and my strength. And I hope that you feel the same. You know, I hope that you feel comfortable reaching out to the women in your life. Um, whether there's a connection there or not. You know, and sharing your experience and um, allowing yourself to be seen. Because that that is i commend you for allowing yourself to be seen by me um but a lot of my healing is happening through other men allowing myself to be intimate intimately seen and and actually guided by like other men that that's changing me um yeah, so I hope you guys go go get yourself a mentor. We got eight more seconds, seven, six.
1: Thank you so much for being with us on our emotional, intimate journey of emotional fidelity.
0: Yo, 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 yo. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today on this super juicy episode of Love and Ambition with Tink and Savage. Once again, my name is Tink. No, I'm just kidding. It's It's... I'm Tink. (laughs) This is Tink. My name is Savage. Um, We're super grateful that you guys are just deciding to spend uh, some of your time with us. We know your time is really valuable, and uh, we hope that we have a chance to um, connect with you or serve you in whatever way uh, may help assist you in your journey of exploring love and ambition. Um, we love you guys, and we can't wait to see you next week. Um, in the meantime, go find yourself a mentor. Uh, meditate, drink water. Any other last recommendations? To
1: Remember, the question you ask yourself is, would I be okay with my partner doing the same thing I'm doing right now? In the moment, if you don't know if what you're doing or saying would jeopardize your intimacy or your sacred connection, just put yourself in their position say would i say this in front of them right now in this situation or would i appreciate the tables being turned or the script being flipped and it's a really easy self-check and just to clarify no harm was done nobody's heart was broken nothing serious happened it's just us being super super proactive and super real when even 1% deviation is is identified or sensed and like i like i said to savage this morning like if i didn't care i wouldn't ask and the reason i um even have my intuition turned on to these things is because i really give a fuck excuse my language i really love you <laughs> and i want this to mature into a beautiful experience and Um, being in a beautiful, intimate relationship is not some kind of passive thing to do. It's a very proactive, offensively and defensively, endogenous and exogenous, um, it's almost slightly like being in a battle, if you will, because, um... When you're growing a garden, you have to clear the soil and till the soil and make sure it has nutrients and put the fertilizer and then plant the seeds and make sure it's watered and then make sure that you go and you um, fertilize the sprouts and make sure the, the plant is growing properly and proactively get the pruning shears out and making sure that the little offshoots aren't sucking energy out of the main plant. You know, there's a lot of work to do to grow a healthy plant. So I commit to, I commit and recommit to being super aware and intentional and proactive and offensive and defensive with myself and others to protect our sacred connection and our intimacy. And thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me a safe place to be super vulnerable with you about the things that I'm thinking and feeling and coming to you with my beating heart in my hand saying it's not looking so good what's going on <laughs> and you being very gentle and sweet in response and on the same wavelength of reinforcing connection and love and intimacy so thank you thank you i see you and i love you <laughs>
0: I see you, I hear you, I love you. uh I'll leave people with one more quote, and then we'll we'll be on um just remember guys uh, specifically, I'm talking to my boys out here. <laughs> a man without a purpose will distract himself with pleasure. I'm gonna just leave you guys with that. um I love you so much, and I'll be praying for all of you guys this week. Uh, I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. And uh, if there's anything we can do for you, um, reach out. Mm All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.